Hey, it's me, Lisa P, and welcome back to It's Called Life, where we deep dive into motherhood, society, culture, womanhood, and all of the other crazy things that make up this thing we call life. And today I want to talk about Barbie-era feminism, because I think the Barbie movie got something really, really wonderfully right about womanhood, and it's how diverse it is, how someone's experience with womanhood is not going to be another's. And they did this through inclusion with their actors, but also through the inclusion with their story. You know, you have Barbie, who's the traditional figurehead of femininity, right? Like, I mean, her visage has been criticized by lots of people of being unobtainable and being unrealistic and causing body dysmorphia. And the Barbie movie did not shy away from talking about that at all. In fact, it was kind of a core tenant of the plot line. And what I really loved was mostly the character of Gloria, because she was us. She was this millennial mom who grew up with Barbies who are now raising kids in a much different world than we grew up in and trying to kind of keep it all together and, and mostly feeling like she's failing. And the thing that we're seeing kind of play out in social media right now between some of these female-led movie roles and the biggest one that we're seeing kind of show the stark contrast right now is Snow White, the live-action remake from Disney. And I haven't seen the movie. It's not out yet. I'm holding all judgments about the plot and the actual film. I'm hoping it does a fabulous job of recreating the magic of Snow White because all of these stories, although maybe not technically perfect because they're a product of their time and definitely have some things that could use some updating and, and modernizing, the core tenets of these stories are things that are from classic literature. These are themes that will stand the test of time. But I think just from the recent interviews about the upcoming Snow White movie, we're going to see this dichotomy in feminism. There is what we call girl boss feminism, which is basically repackaged capitalism, telling women you should be financially independent, go be a boss, like climb the corporate ladder. And all of those things are really wonderful things to promote. A, because the more women who strive for high-powered positions, the more that glass ceiling breaks, the more opportunities are going to be available for women in the future. So that's number one. But also financial independence is a source of freedom for women and any, honestly, any adult individual, but mostly women who financial independence is one way that we have been kept under the patriarchy's thumb for generations. So it's not that achieving financial success is a negative thing, but the problem is we you know we were all given this boss bitch playbook, but none of the changes that happened with that playbook were accounted for at home. So you have these women who are going to work and still expected to be the main domestic laborer of the home. Doesn't matter how much money she's pulling in or what her corporate job looks like, she's still the primary parent and the primary domestic engineer of a full running household. And I think that's where the ultimate pushback comes from boss babe culture, because it doesn't account for the other parts that we haven't really drug up behind us into the world of equality. Sure, we can go to work and we can have a job and we can make money, but we haven't really accounted for the fact that that other part of being a wife and mother, the domestic part, has not come as far, as far as like equality, as the working part. So you're having these women who are now working moms who are completely disillusioned with the false reality that they were sold. Not to mention that boss babe culture is also just like getting women to participate in capitalism in a 
frilly and almost like looked down upon way. Like, yeah, you can be a boss babe, not like a boss, but a boss babe. You know, we love to infantilize women's accomplishments by making it like girly. <laughs> you're not a doctor, you're a lady doctor. But anyway, I digress because we could talk about boss babe culture forever. But then there's the flip side. There are the women who don't want to be boss babes, who don't want to climb the corporate ladder, who want a slower existence, who want to spend maximum time with their children as possible. And that's where you get the stay-at-home moms. I mean, that's where we fall in. And people often forget that stay-at-home moms, a lot of the time, and and this is where we get kind of left in, in the dust here during this con- these conversations, a lot of stay-at-home moms were corporate girlies or working women in the beginning. You know, I never necessarily aspired to be a stay-at-home mom. I had other career aspirations for myself. But once my children were born, it was kind of like a, a, a switch was flipped. There were financial reasons to stay home, but then there's also this like this cosmic pull some mothers, and I'm not going to say all because I know so many women who don't feel this way, but there's so many women and parents who have this cosmic and deeply seated biological pull to to nurture and stay around their children as much as possible. Some people might call it a calling. Some people might call it a predisposition. But whatever it is, there are some There are some people who give birth who simply don't want to go back to working out of the home if they can afford to stay home. So in the Barbie movie, we had that dichotomy. We had that nuance. We had a working mom who was still a mom who wasn't maybe an astronaut, who wasn't a CEO, who wasn't a surgeon or a president, who was doing the working mom thing, who was, I think she was like the administrative assistant for the CEO, which A, by the way, also a very powerful, high-paying job, just saying. Like, like administrative assistants, like they know everything. But what I'm seeing, or at least I'm observing on the interwebs and on the internet and in these discourses about feminism is there's, there's two sides of the coin. There's being a true feminist is, and this is radical feminism, is doing everything possible to buck off patriarchal standards. And at the core, I completely understand that. If we live in a patriarchy and we want to um, disclude ourselves from a patriarchal system, you have to make certain choices. You have to look at all of the things we do on a daily basis and decide which one of those are influenced by patriarchy. And spoiler alert, it's a heck of a lot of them. And you have to decide to live almost a counterculture existence. This is where the conservatives get their talking points about feminists all being blue-haired, but, you know, buzzhead lesbians. And they use that caricature to kind of further their agenda of almost demonizing and and dehumanizing women of the feminist movement. Because people who look like me, people who look like Susie Homemaker and stay at home and have children and, you know, have natural colored hair and kind of have a 1950s flair, these, they don't want my face out there. They don't want me in any way being an advocate for feminism because then their entire talking point dies because the talking point, the anti-feminist talking point is that feminism hurts women and families. But I know tons of feminists who are stay-at-home moms. So that's where you find me. You find me in this weird dichotomy of wanting women to have every opportunity and an option available to them, but knowing that the option I choose is one of a more traditional looking life. And I think that's a huge reason why I use my voice in the way I do on some of my posts talking about that, talking about how feminism is getting women to equal standing with men, 
That's really it. That's really the core tenet of feminism is equity. It's making sure that women have as easy a time walking through life as men do. Does that mean we want it to be easier? Do we want special accommodations? No, we just want an equal playing field, which means that, yeah, special accommodations for things like menstruation and breastfeeding would be part of a feminist agenda. And men don't really like that because they're like, well, we don't get those things. And to that, I say... Just be just be grateful that you don't, because some of them are quite unpleasant. But the end of the Barbie movie is so beautiful because the feminism that Barbie land is trying to champion um, in the beginning was almost like a reverse patriarchy. It was the women being these in the, these very powerful roles and really treating the men in this subservient manner. And I think that was a commentary on the roles that are currently in our system and just showing it in reverse to show how absurd they kind of are. But by the end of the movie, there is this beautiful moment with America Ferreira where she's talking about like, what about the rest of us? What about those of us who don't wanna strive for the moon, who just want like a happy life full of balance? And that's where I really resonate because I, I don't know if it's because I'm a Libra or what, but like I crave balance and I crave it in such a way that I can feel when I'm out of balance and I have to course correct. And the way that our like society is set up right now is so skewed. Work-life balance is so skewed and domestic labor and marriages. The reason why my life works the way it is, is because of the balance. And I attribute part of the balance, um, to the fact that I have a very clear understanding of my role as far as like my domestic duties and, and my labor. I know what my job is here. And I know that when my husband's off the clock at his job, he's here 50-50 with me. I'm not the only person responsible for this house and these kids because that would be insane. That'd be a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week job. I look at my role as a stay-at-home mom much more like a career or a job. I take it very seriously and it is the only thing that I am focusing on, I guess, other than like this stuff, social media and podcasting and that sort of thing. This is kind of my passion project, but it's not like it's all on me. He goes to work, he comes home. I work at the home, but when we're together, it's split pretty damn equally. But balance is what I think we're missing in our society, both with men and women, with the patriarchy, with how much more difficult just getting ahead is for women. And also in our day-to-day -day lives with the expectations on women that haven't caught up to the fact that most women are working women. So I think radical feminism and, and boss babe feminism, which is not the same thing, but I'm gonna put them in you know this sort of leftist category. I think the problem is you're forgetting that some women just want to be home, <laughs> at least when their kids are little, maybe not forever. I mean, I would love to go back to doing something. I don't think I would go back to doing what I was doing before kids, but I could absolutely see me either turning social media um, into more of a career or writing a book or doing advocacy work or going back to work like a part-time job so I can be there when my kids are off school. I don't know. I love that there are options, but for right now, this is where I want to be. But I am absolutely so sick, and, and I really am. I'm just, I'm so sick of moms in general getting shit on from both sides of the coin. You know, there's a huge population of people who believe that women should A, birth babies, which 
don't don't do it unless you are 100 percent sure um no so i don't believe that i believe every woman knows what will make them happy and can make her own choices um so there's people who believe that women should have babies should stay home that their place is in um submission to her husband that the husband is the head of the household and women should be you know demure and domestic and all of these stereotypical um ideas of womanhood and i really push back against those even though i am who i am and i present the way i do i don't believe that that is for everyone and i don't believe that people who say it's for everyone have women's best interests at heart. But on the other side of the aisle, on the other flip of the coin, mothers get shit on because if you do decide to stay home, then there'll be women who who come to you and are like, oh God, I could never do that. I could never depend on a man. I could never be so um, just non-independent, so dependent on somebody else. You know, oh God, I would never have kids. Kids are just like the biggest way to ruin a woman's life. And, you know, why would you have children? I'm so glad I don't have children. You know, from both sides of the coin, no one's lifting mothers up, you know? No one is making it so we don't have to choose one path or the other because so many women, so many women who have a direction and an idea of how they want their career and their life to go, um, do somewhat get derailed by having children because the workforce is not set up for women. The workforce is not set up for mothers. We just passed a Pregnant Workers Fairness Act. And in reality, it is barely scratching the surface of what it would be necessary to give mothers equity in the workplace. We don't have sufficient subsidized childcare. Childcare is astronomically expensive. We don't have maternity leave that would adequately cover. My sister is a perfect example of this. She was working. She had her first child. Her maternity leave was up at eight weeks and she was just emotionally and psychologically not prepared or physically prepared to go back to work at eight weeks. And she also, you know, hadn't quite gotten her spot in daycare yet. And what are you going to do in that situation? Thankfully, she ended up leaving that job and she spent a little time as a stay-at-home mom, realized it wasn't for her, found a job that has better accommodations for her schedule as a working mother. And like, things are much better now, but that is such a typical experience for working women who believe that they can go back to work after having kids because you are slapped so hard and fast in the face with what that actually means. And so many women do not have the choice. There's there's so many times I've heard you know, oh, I would love to stay home, but A, we can't we can't afford for one of us not to work. I don't feel ready, but my, you know, FMLA is up in 12 weeks. You know, the crazy thing is we are losing such precious and talented parts of the workforce by not accommodating the fact that half of them are going to give birth. Maybe not half. It's probably not half because a lot of women aren't having babies now. But you know what I mean? We're 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 just giving that up because we'd rather not accommodate their life changes, even though this is a very common life change. And the shitty thing is, you know, the help that's coming isn't coming fast or adequately enough. And there are still so many people who don't see it as necessary, you know, who see a pumping mother getting 15 minute breaks every three hours as some sort of special treatment that like they're not getting and therefore they find that mother to be entitled, getting those extra breaks, you know, and the people who you think would be lifting other women up, other people who consider themselves feminists, I feel like there is this giant blind spot when it comes to mothers and when it comes to children. Because I think 
there is this idea that having children and being a mother or wanting to stay home with your children is an anti-feminist stance. And therefore people who are radically or ardently feminists look down upon it. And no one has ever reached a handout to help someone that they look badly upon or look downly at. And you have like the religious conservative people telling you that it's God's little miracle and every single fetus needs to come to term. And, and also kiboshing our, our ability to climb out of this hole of misogyny by not giving us power over our own reproductive system. So I just feel at this point in time, I'm so incredibly frustrated because it almost seems as a, as a mother, you're just, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. If you have a high paying job and a successful career, people will be like, oh, you're a shit mom because you're never around your kids. And if you are with your kids, there people are like, oh, you're a shit feminist. You must not believe in equality because you're just a little housewife. And I truly think this will be our downfall. Our downfall is not accommodating mothers and families. It really is because there is no way as women, we can rise to a place of equity if we don't take into consideration childbirth and motherhood. And I don't mean pop a baby out, get back to the office. I mean, really compassionately looking at motherhood and making accommodations for it that allow women to succeed, allow women to thrive, not only in motherhood, but in their careers and aspirations as well. It shouldn't have to be one or the other. And in a place of true equity, it wouldn't be. So if you call yourself a feminist and yet you still scoff at the idea that somebody might want to be a stay-at-home mom, or a homemaker for that matter, um, or if you look at children with some sort of disdain and irritation, please take a minute and just understand that you are cutting your own feet off of your own movement. You are discounting the way men discount women. You are discounting mothers because mothers are the most resourceful, determined, hardworking, selfless, ingenious, radical wishers for a better world than any other population you're going to find. We are so aggressively invested in this world for not just ourselves, but for our daughters, that you are missing out on a enormous part of what could be a successful attempt to create a world of equity and equality. There should never be a woman who looks down on another woman for the choices that she makes regarding how to raise her family if or when she wants to have children and how she goes about doing that. Because as of right now, every single one of our choices are made out of a place of survival. We are not thriving as women or as mothers. We are doing better in little tiny crumb-sized increments, but then we get slid back like 50 to 70 years every time we get an in. So in a world that is designed for men and colored by capitalism, we are doing our best. And I, for one, am getting really sick and fucking tired of having to defend that to everyone. As always, guys, thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes every Wednesday. I'm Lisa P. And thanks for joining me on this episode of It's Called Life.